0: She's passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith.
1: Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, I am so pumped to be back with you guys today. Merry Christmas. This is the best week ever of all time. I love Christmas. I love everything about it. We have already, oh my goodness, seen Santa Claus. My kids have, we have, um, I mean, drank so much hot chocolate. It's ridiculous. We've done the Christmas light thing. Um, my husband and I went away for a little Christmas getaway, which is so needed. And I encourage you to do, if you don't do that, my husband and I go away every year for like 24, 48 hours, just to have a little Christmas overnight date. So fun. We loved it so much, but this is the week. And, um, maybe you're on the road right now listening. I don't know where you are, but I just want to say for my entire family to you, Merry Christmas. We love you so much. We're so grateful that you're tuning in to, um, to the podcast today. Share this with your friends, you guys share this with your friends. Um, I, I have been told so many times how much this is encouraged other people. So share it. We also need you guys to subscribe. We need you to subscribe. And um, we also would love you guys to write us a review, give us a little five star, uh, unless you think it's two star and then don't do it. We love to hear from you guys. And I love to just see what God is doing. So share if this encourages uh, you share with a friend or, or a neighbor or a mom or a sister or a brother. Who Whoever. I have some opening thoughts today that are quite simple, but I've been a mom for a while, okay. My daughter is 15. She's in driver's ed. You can pray for me. Oh, dear Jesus, help me. She is absolutely amazing, and I love her so much, uh, but I've been a mom for 15 years outside the womb, okay, inside 16 years, and um, I, y'all know I have four of them, four of them. And the longer that I'm a mom, the more I realize that there are certain things that you sort of set a precedent for in your family. I had no idea when I was starting off with Eddie that little things that I did around the holidays would become major pillars of our holiday season. And um, I was making hot chocolate the other day. And by the way, it's like the best hot chocolate of all time. I, I've I've tried it, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is incredible hot chocolate! It's so good." I don't know why it's good. It's not like it's a name brand or anything. I really don't know why it's so good. Maybe the Lord is just. Blesses it when I make it. I don't know, but it is good, and I don't really feel arrogant saying that because it's incredible. Uh, but my kids are drinking this hot chocolate the other day, and they are um, lapping it up. I mean, they are like loving it. You know, I I mix a lot of mix on the stove with milk, and then I put a lot of whipped cream and I put sprinkles on it. And for some reason, those sprinkles are incredible. But my kids ask me after Halloween, they start asking me, Mom, will you make the hot chocolate? Will make the hot chocolate? It's almost like they know that that is coming. And I do that with several other things. I mean, I make these sugar cookies that are like Betty Crocker that we get at Sam's Club. We get a huge big box of them. They're so simple to make, but it's almost like after Halloween comes, it triggers uh, these pillars of our Christmas season in my children. And we do them every year. I get it every year. Um, you know, very, very, very simple little things that we do every year. We put up five trees in my house every year. It takes two days. We, are, are, we all get mad at each other. We all like yell at each other. You know how you do with families, and we all get frustrated with each other. Um, but we do it, and it's become one of those things that we do every single year. And I, I just, I've been thinking about the desire and the urgency to go overboard. You know, sometimes you you can look at Instagram or whatever and you can get overcome with their Christmas table or what they're doing for their holiday season or, um, you know, just the little things that you see that kind of sow seeds of I'm not that good in your heart. And I was thinking about this, especially with the year that we've had, when basically everything has been taken away from us. Um, but I was thinking of of that and the urge to feel as if we have to be more extravagant than we are. And the Lord seemed to remind me through a conversation I actually had with Cassie. Um, it is not about. Let me tell you something. As a mom, for a lot of years. When you come to the Christmas season, there's so much pressure to perform, to do, to have your house clean, to do, to do, go to the, all the parties, to have the perfect gift, to whatever. But your children and your husband, your family, they do not need extravagance. They need consistency. The hot chocolate that I make is not fancy, but it's consistent. The sugar cookies that I make, they aren't fancy. Now, can I make fancy sugar cookies? Of course I can, but it takes a long time and I have four kids. I don't have a lot of time. It's not that it's fancy, it's that it's consistent. We do it every year. The the putting up of the trees, it's not that it's like fancy. It's not like we are like laughing and, you know, um, singing Christmas carols all day, but it's consistent. And in a world where everything kind of seems out of control or whatever, I encourage you, especially during the holiday season when you maybe you feel like you can't give your kids what you normally do this year, or maybe you can't, uh, there's this urge to be extravagant, or there's this urge to do more, there's this urge to be just as good as that person, or there's this urge to whatever. Your kids will never remember those extravagant things. What they will remember is consistent little things when they get out of the house, when they grow up, that um, they're almost like little memory stones that trigger back to their childhood. Think about what you remember in your childhood. It's probably not, you know, the extravagant goose that your mom cooks, you know, one year out of the blue, but it is probably maybe the Christmas Eve service that you go to every year. It is probably, you know, Christmas morning and what your mom or dad did then it's the consistent little things that make up just a joyful life and not putting pressure on us to do extravagant things focusing on the consistent things are actually things that you can do things that you can attain things that you can succeed in are actually what is going to make the difference in your attitude and the way that you are you know, this week. So focus on consistency. It can be cheap hot chocolate with some whipped cream and sprinkles that make your family so incredibly excited. Cheap sugar cookies that are consistent that your kids, you know, remember. Just a little thought. Don't get too caught up in the glitz and glam uh, this week. Focus on consistency. I will be back right After the break, to give you a word from the Lord.
0: What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on all of your favorite social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Hey guys, I am back after the break. I am so obsessed with this word today. For those of you that are listening to me, I want to tell you everything that this, the, the next 20 minutes is going to focus on. Your petition has been heard. Your petition has been heard. Your petition, let me say it again, has been been heard. You know, I've been praying about something for months, probably six months. Um, and a couple weeks ago, the Lord told me this line. I was, it was in the middle of the night. I was praying and the Lord told me this line, your petition, Autumn, has been heard. I've heard it. And it did something to me, you know, not that I don't know that God doesn't hear my prayer. I know that. I read the scripture. I've been in the scripture for 20 years of my life. I've studied it very in depth. Um, I know that he hears, but it's so good to hear from him that he has heard. Um, He told me this a couple weeks ago, and it is straight out of this story in Luke 1, and I I really feel like this story doesn't get enough credit. I don't think that we talk about uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth as much as we should. Um, I want to read this passage of scripture. It's going to be a little bit long, but I want you to hang with me because the Christmas is about Jesus Christ, and we're going to read his word, so I want you to just hang with me as I read this and then I'm going to make several points that I just think are going to encourage you deeply, especially those of you that have been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, and you don't feel like you have a breakthrough, you don't feel like you can bust through the throne room of heaven, you don't feel like God is even listening to you or has heard you. Um, maybe you've been praying for years, maybe you've been praying for months. I don't know what it is, but this is going to bless you. Okay. Uh, Let me pick it up in uh, Luke 1, 5. (sighs) This is so good. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous. Hear the qualities of him in Luke 1. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were in prayer outside at the hour of Of the incense offering. Hang with me. Got some more verses here. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and will give him the name John. You will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. I'm almost done. He will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. So as to make ready a people, prepare for the Lord. Zachariah said to the angel, how do I know this for certain? For I'm old. And my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Verse 25, uh, verse 24 says this. After these things, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, this is the way. The Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Guys, I'm going to try. Lord Jesus, help me break this down in a way that is so encouraging to your people. I re- I've read this passage a lot and I, some of the things that I'm going to illuminate to you, I've never have never been uh, taught to me. I've never heard them in a church. It was almost as like the Lord really dumped a new revelation on me when it comes to Zacharias. Zacharias' name means this, remembered by Jehovah. Now in the Hebrew, I learned this morning, you can also pronounce his name Zachariah, but. In my Bible, in my version of the Bible, um, it is Zacharias, with an S on the end of it. Remembered by Jehovah is what Zacharias means. Now, I want to point out for you th- what Luke one says about Zacharias's character. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Verse 7 says this, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Now, I sat just to kind of ponder this um, idea that here, we have Zacharias and Elizabeth who were blameless in the sight of the Lord, but they didn't have the one thing they wanted. And we know that they wanted it because Gabriel looks at Zacharias and says, your petition has been heard. So we know that they have actually been crying out to God, probably since they were united in marriage for a child. It doesn't talk about them doing that, but we can assume Um, what isn't said from the text that because of what is said, your petition has been heard. And the petition that was heard was to to, uh, have Elizabeth get pregnant with John. But here we have two blameless people that it seems as if their whole life God disregarded, disrespected, and didn't answer their prayer. I wonder what they had been telling themselves, you know, in their secret husband-wife time when they have conversations. I wonder if they had cried out to God so much they gave up, or I wonder if they're crying out to God and, and they were continually believing that God would eventually give them a child. We're not privy to that information, but I do know humans. And I do know what happens when humans pray. I wrote a whole book about it, Gangster Prayer. Go pick it up. Anywhere books are sold, it was released in uh, 2019. I do know what happens when humans tarry in prayer. I do know it gives the enemy a foothold a lot of times in our minds and he attacks our minds with God isn't listening. God isn't engaged in your life. You have sin in your life. So God isn't uh, answering your prayer. Um, you know, God's forgot about you. I've heard all sorts of stuff. God's too busy. Um, you know, there's something wrong with you. You don't have enough faith. And I'm sure just because I know humans, that these are thoughts, you know, the enemy hasn't changed. His tactics are still the same, just because this was 2,000 years ago does not mean the enemy has changed. I wonder what their husband and wife conversations were like, knowing that they showed up every time that they were called upon at the temple to do the priestly Um, duties that they were called to do, knowing that they didn't have sin in their life. I wonder how that weighed on them, especially in such a day and age back then where you were valued as a woman if you produced a child. They had been praying, desperately praying. And it seemed as if God had said no, which was a mirage Because we know from the text, he did not. His timing just hadn't come. I also think it's very interesting that, you know, at this point, they were waiting 400 or so years for the Messiah with nothing. And, you know, we see throughout all the Old Testament specifically, um, we see how people were praying, asking for relief. We see even in Isaiah that the promise of the Messiah was given, and yet there was a wait. Prayers, but no answer. Petitions, but none granted. And here we have, we're waiting for the Christ child, and here we have a couple that is blameless, that is doing what they need to do, that is desperately praying for a child of their own, and no answer. No answer. Most of us assume it's a no when they answer Terry's. Now it happened, verse eight, that while he, Zacharias, was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. Hang with me. This is going to get a little technical. According to the custom of the priestly office, he, Zacharias, was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now, most priests didn't get this opportunity very often if at all. This is the the job That every priest wanted of course you want to go into the altar and stoke the fire of incense to keep the incense burning Um, of course you want to do that but it is restricted to the priest and they had to be Chosen to do that. Now, the way that they chose to do that was through casting lots. Now, if you think of casting lots, a lot of people think it's gambling. Uh, In in this scenario, in this case, it would be like flipping a coin. Okay. You know, you go to the Cowboys game or wherever you are, if you go to games, I don't really know. I'm just, this is the best example I have. And uh, they do a coin toss at the beginning. It is an uncast, lots is an unbiased way to choose someone. It is an unbiased way that no one has any influence in whatsoever. It's often left completely to chance, and that's exactly what happened to Zacharias. He was chosen by lots by uh, like rolling the dice. You know, you don't know what you're going to get when you roll the dice. You roll the dice, you get a four. Okay, well that's your your answer. It was an unbiased way so that no human. Could take credit for uh, putting Zacharias in the position of going to stoke the fire and to burn the incense, keep the incense burning. Unbiased to us. I think it's amazing that it is almost impossible. It's almost impossible without the hand of God for an unbiased process to produce a calculated result on God's part. To us, it was unbiased. To God, it was calculated. His hand was in those lots. Why? Because he had a message to give. Zacharias. Zacharias then goes in verse nine. He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now it was their job to keep the fire burning there. So they would stoke it in the morning and they would stoke it in the evening. And that was his job. While he went in the temple of the Lord to burn the incense, verse 10 says this, and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. Okay. So he's in, he's doing his high priestly stuff that they get to do. He is burning the incense while people are praying outside of the temple of the Lord. So all of this is happening all at one time. It's quite a fanfare. It's a very big deal. And while he is in there, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, which we know is Gabriel from the text, standing to the right of The altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. The angel said to him, Do not fear Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name of John. I was reading this, knowing what Revelation talks about. It's in Revelation 5. It talks about the literal throne of heaven being filled with incense that are the prayers of the saints that verse immediately hit me when i read this story uh last week or so it brought such a beautiful picture to me that there zacharias was stoking the very incense after praying his whole life for a son, he's stoking the incense that represents the prayers of the saints while the saints were praying outside. It's interesting to me that Zacharias's prayer itself, based on Revelation five, his prayer for a son, at some point, while he and elizabeth were praying filled the throne room of heaven as incense and now he's stoking incense the imagery of this moment cannot be more precious his literal prayers filled the throne room at some point with incense and now he's stoking the fire and burning the incense his name means remembered by jehovah look at what god is telling us here look at the beauty of the story We've got his name. We've got the fact that his prayers have already filled the throne room of heaven. We've got him casted by Lot, which of course was unbiased to man, but totally calculated by God. We've got saints praying out outside the temple of the Lord. And it all comes together in the culmination of this moment when Gabriel stands there to the right side of the altar and looks straight at Zacharias. And he says this your petition has been heard i was so moved by this story and all the different flavors and aspects of the story that i i couldn't stop thinking about it for a couple of days whatever it is that you are praying for my friend understand that there is a god that is hearing your prayer psalm 121 david uh, talks about he asked the lord may my prayers be as incense before you your prayers are being heard your prayers are breaking through do not give up in them God didn't answer Zacharias and Elizabeth's prayer earlier because he wanted to do something based on their faithfulness and their blamelessness and their service before the Lord that they would have never chosen for themselves. He gave them John, who was chosen to be the forerunner for the Messiah. Do you understand, based on the text, this is not me, based strategically on the text. uh, Gabriel says, it is he who will go as a forerunner before him, big H, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedience to the attitude of righteousness. So as to make ready a people, prepare, For the Lord. Zacharias was the first one that knew that the Messiah was on the way because Gabriel told him, listen, your son is going to prepare the way for the Lord. It's coming. And your son is going to have a big part in it. And I know that one of the reasons that God delayed so long in answering Zacharias and Elizabeth's prayer is because he wanted to do something in their day that they would not believe if someone told them. Just because God hasn't answered yet does not mean that he has not prepared a supernatural, immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine answer to that prayer. Keep just like Zacharias, whose name means remembered by Jehovah. God remembered his prayer. Don't you give up. You pray and trust and keep the incense burning just like Zacharias did that day and eventually I believe God is going to answer with this, your petition has been heard. Wasn't that so encouraging? I hope this encouraged you get it today. I will be back right after the break for a question about prayer.
0: Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on all of your favorite social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles show here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Hey, hey guys, I am back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that. Listen, I had tears in my eyes just because it is so encouraging for me to, to read God's word as well. Um, I, this great question and i want to i want to answer it for you guys um the question from you from one of you i I don't have a name sorry about that but thank you for asking it is this i've been told from people that if god doesn't answer my prayer it is because there is sin in my life outside of this particular story how would you respond to that person let me just qualify this by saying that is a reason that is a one one reason. The Bible uh, tells us that if you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear your prayer. That is a reason that God doesn't answer prayer. I'm sorry if you hate me, it's straight in the scripture. You can look it up for yourself. But it is a reason. It is not every reason. Okay. I think sometimes we can get caught up in the fact that it's a believable reason. Well, I must have sin in my life or I must be doing something wrong or whatever. So God isn't answering my prayer. And that's the believable reason that a lot of times we will like revert back to if God isn't answering our prayer, but it is a reason. And let me tell you this, if you have sin in your life and you're not doing what God wants you to do, you know, if you're following the Lord, he's got this thing called the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit convicts you. You know, if you've got sin in your life and you're praying for something and it's you're trying to get an answer through the Lord and you're coexisting with sin, well then you need to repent from that sin and uh, and hopefully you will get an answer for that. But even still, God is God and he can answer prayer even with sin in your life, you guys. God is God. That is a reason. But if it was the only reason, Jesus would not be in heaven right now. I want to take you, uh, listener, friend, whoever wrote this, to the Garden of Gethsemane. And here we have Jesus who is begging God and and ask God, if there is another way, Lord, but not my will, but yours be done. He asks God, Jesus, ask God to relieve him from the cross, he asked him for that. And God said, no. So if this was true all the time, then Jesus wouldn't be in heaven. And that's absolute heresy. He was the sinless lamb. So if someone has told you this, that this is the only reason that God doesn't answer prayer, well, then they haven't met my Jesus and they haven't read the the story of Gethsemane. And they haven't met my friend Zacharias. And Elizabeth, because God didn't answer their prayer for a very, very, very long time. Watch who you listen to. Make sure everything people say is backed up with the word of God. Study it for yourself. Watch whose counsel you're getting because it's in today's day and age. A lot of things sound right, but aren't. Thank you for asking me this question. Merry Christmas to you. I will see you guys next week. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show.